Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. This is Charger Rundown. I'm Reagan Genchieski. And I'm Calvin McNelly with All Things Charger Sports. Bring you a recap from this weekend. The number 18 Charger volleyball team goes undefeated in West Palm Beach, Florida. In four victories over American International, Palm Beach Atlantic, Lenore Ryan, and Emanuel, Georgia, the Chargers did not drop a set. Junior Caroline Shelton was named tournament MVP. Freshman Allie Weiss earned outstanding libero of the tournament, and Lindsey Mertz made the all-tournament team. The team will face their first conference opponent, Malone, next Friday at 7 p.m. in Don Tibbetts Potter Arena. And the Hillsdale College football Chargers hosted the Indianapolis Greyhounds for the first home game of the season yesterday. Charger quarterback Luke Keller threw for 311 yards with the help of sophomore receivers Austin Williams, who scored twice, and Isaac Tesla, who gained 152 yards. The Charger defense had an impressive outing and was able to turn the Greyhounds over three times, keeping, their ga- keeping the team in the game. Senior Alex Anschutz led the defense with eight solo tackles and nine assisted tackles with a forced fumble of his own. Despite a valiant effort, the Chargers were unable to finish the comeback, falling to the Greyhounds 31-35. to Coming up this next week, the men's Charger Golf will travel to South Carolina this week to participate in the Kiowa Island Invitational Monday and Tuesday. Charger Volleyball will host Malone Friday night and Walsh Saturday afternoon. Charger Cross Country will travel to Wisconsin for the Lucian Rose Invite Saturday the 18th. And women's tennis will take on an ITA International in Indianapolis Saturday as well. Charger football will be at Truman State with a 1 o'clock kickoff. Speaking of Hillsdale College football, we are joined in studio today with another very special guest. Fifth year senior, I believe that's your title. We'll get to that in a moment. (laughs) Alex Anschutz is here from the football team with us. Alex, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we'll stick with the fifth year. Um, I don't really want to get too into uh, the details there, but let's just go with the fifth year title for now. Okay, that works. Alex, you guys played last night. You just walked in, mentioned that you're a little bit sore. You you played very well, 17 tackles uh, and a forced fumble. Can you take me through the game yesterday against the University of Indianapolis? Well, we knew it was going to be a tough game going in. I mean, UND's always good. Um, their run game's always really, really solid. So uh, going in, we knew we just had to really, um, you know, play our best game. Um, and it started out, you know, not great. We I think we got down uh, 14-0, um, but really just tried to, you know, keep spirits high, keep playing tough. And then, you know, we kind of fought our way back toward the end. And then, you know, a couple of things didn't go our way. Um, and ultimately, you know, we ended up losing, but... Um, I was really proud of the way that our guys fought, like kind of the whole game. I thought you guys put up a really great fight against a nationally ranked team, which I think is going to pay off well in conference, you know, kind of like preparation. What was it like going against, uh, I forget his first name, but Clinton, number eight, he was their running back. Like two, he had like 142 yards, rushing yards at the half. And I was like, what is going on with this kid? Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, looking at those stats, I thought, what is going on with this kid as well? Um, <laughs> you never really want to give up 142 rushing yards at half. Um, he's a very skilled player. Uh, you know, we knew that going in that, he, you know, we really would have to game plan to stop him. And, you know, obviously we could probably could have done things a couple, a couple, a couple things better. Um, but, yeah, great athlete, like really, really good football player. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we just uh, we tried to scheme against him, but – he was able to find a lot of like open holes um, and kind of expose us early on. And what was kind of your preparation, your mindset going into the second game of the season? My mindset going into the second game was just to uh, play fast. I mean, there's no hesitation um, when you're playing a team like UND because the minute you hesitate, they're going to kind of capitalize on that. 
And so we just knew that we had to play fast, play physical, uh, but really just trust our game plan going in. Uh, we you know, trust our coaches, trust what they've been telling us all week. Um, and that's what we did. And, you know, it turned out to be, you know, a, a dogfight down the, down the finish. Alex, I know it didn't go the way we wanted to at the end, but I wanted you to talk about it a little bit. There was a drive in the fourth quarter, about two minutes left in the game, and the defense needed to get the ball back for the offense to have a chance to go down and score. They ended up scoring the, uh, at the end of the game, but it wasn't enough. But I want you to talk about the defense at that point had been down a lot, fought the way back, got those turnovers. It's the fourth quarter, all on the line, and they come up with a stop. Talk a little bit about the heart of this defense. Talk about, you know, in that moment when the team needed you the most, the defense was able to get off the field, did what they needed to do. Talk a little bit about that moment. Well, I mean, just kind of the mindset of the defense, like very early on throughout camp. I mean, we just knew that we, you know, we have a lot of older guys, um, you know, who had chose to come back uh, for, I guess, you know, fifth fifth years and then me, possibly sixth year. So um, we just, you know, we, we know that we all have each other's backs and we knew that, you know, we didn't want to get to Monday and kind of regret, you know, not giving a full effort, and especially toward that toward the end of the game in that last drive. Um, so we really just kind of rallied behind each other, and we had a lot of guys make a lot of key plays in that last drive to ultimately force the stop um, and, you know, give our offense a chance. Really, really huge, really exciting plays. And talking about exciting plays, the defense was able to get three turnovers um, over a very good offense. Talk about the momentum shift and how what, what that does for the um, – how, how we're feeling on the sideline, our mood, our, our, our tempo. You know, talk about – when you when you get that turnover and the one like the one you had, how how big is that for a defense, especially in a close game like the UND game? Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's it's our job as a defense to you know create turnovers, get the ball back for our offense, and you know create great opportunities for them to score. So you know just being able to do that, you know, forcing three turnovers, just really kind of you know as a whole creates that sense of you know feeling that we can help our offense, especially you know in that field position battle. You know, give them the ball possibly on you know our side of the fifty. Um, and ultimately, you know, try to create a score on the other end of the field. Right, and we were able to with, with the one we were, which which you got, which was really, really huge. It was a crazy hit. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I, I was calling the game, and I let – I just stopped calling it, and I let the crowd mic pick it up <laughs> because I was like, there's only one way to describe this hit. Yeah. You just – the kid didn't even get to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean uh, – you know, I, I thought he was going to fair catch it. Uh, I was hoping that, you know, the timing running down the field was going to work out to the point where, you know, he didn't call fair catch at the last second. And then I'm left, you know, getting the flag thrown on me. Right. So uh, it worked out well. Um, you know, it was a great pump by Luke. Uh, you know, put a lot of hang time on it. So, um, you know, I'm not the fastest kid, but he gave me time to get down the field and, um, you know, ultimately, you know, make a play. And I was, you know, happy that then we could get, you know, good field position for our offense and they were able to punch it in and score. Yeah, really exciting. I wish, you know, sometimes in NFL, they'll mic up players. I wish we would have got that mic'd up because that was pretty <laughs> cracked up, which is really, really exciting. And then I want to, yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but on the sideline after the turnover, you were wearing a special hat. It looked like the Chargers. Did they get a new, did they get, was there some kind of new turnover trophy this week? Um, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll throw some credit to Josh Peroni on that. <laughs> uh, he and I all, uh, all throughout camp, we were talking about different things that we could, um, you know, use as like a, a piece of like turnover jewelry or um, some sort of turnover, I guess, like artifact that right. would kind of, you know, create more juice on the sideline for the guys that create turnovers. And so uh, talking to our equipment manager, Colby Lufkin, he said that we have, you know, a blue hard hat that's got charger <laughs> bolts. Uh, it's got a number on it and some other stickers. And we were all over that. And so we, you know, get, got him to give that to us and then brought that out for the game. And then, you know, as guys recovered fumbles, um, you know, or created turnovers, we uh, would run and grab it from the sideline and throw it right on them for, so to create that juice. 
So exciting. Talking to Alex Anschutz on Charger Rundown, Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Alex, you don't. You said you didn't want to explain, but I'm going to make you. I'm, <laughs> I introduced you as a fifth-year senior, but I am quite confused. I have no idea how old you are. Um, I know that you've been here a long time. Take me through this process of how old you are and how long you've been here, or how long you've been in college, let's say. All right, so I guess if we're gonna get into it, I'm also kind of confused <laughs> in terms of what my eligibility let's standpoint go. is, as well as how old I am like academically, but um, yeah, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I started out my college career at Michigan State and then transferred to Hillsdale in the spring of 2017. And so the fall of 2017 was my first year so then 17 was my freshman year, then 18, sophomore year, 19, junior year. Then we had the COVID year last year. So that was supposed to be my senior year in 2020, but that got canceled. <laughs> and so ultimately I had to make the decision, you know, do I want to come back and essentially be in my sixth year of college? So I prefer to say 11th semester, but I guess the, for all intents and purposes, it is my sixth year of college. And you didn't play football at Michigan State. Why the transfer? You, did you miss it that badly that you needed to come somewhere to go play? Yeah, so I thought that you know I'd be fine just being a student at Michigan State, um, but very quickly uh, into my like time there, I realized like how much I miss playing ball, and then you know fortunately I was able to get back in contact with the coach who recruited me uh, from Hillsdale, Coach Shreffler, and kind of just talk to him and see what my possibilities were. And then I was very fortunate enough to be able to transfer in at the spring semester um, and start playing football right away. And you mentioned you're old. You've been here a long time. You've <laughs> played for many different Charger teams. Yes. Uh, what has that change been like throughout the years? You know, you've played under a really talented quarterback and a veteran, Chance Stewart. You played along Trey Brock, and now you're playing a, with a little bit maybe of a younger team. Uh, how has that changed, and is there a team you've liked the best <laughs> uh i'm not i'm gonna go ahead and say there wasn't a team i like the best uh, i like every team uh you know unique in their own right Let's go. but um you know for me uh definitely you know my freshman year uh, i just tried to like kind of keep my mouth shut uh for the most part and just kind of do my job um you know if i was going to lead in any way i was going to be leading by example uh i was really focused on you know special teams and then was able to get in on some defense you know here and there throughout the season uh, sophomore year, I tried to take a little bit more of a vocal role, uh, try to get more of an influence on defense, not just special teams. And then in 2019, so I guess junior year, um, was able to start on defense and kind of in, like take on a bigger role there um, and also tried to emerge as more of a leader. Um, and then, you know, this year um, was able to be voted a captain and just tried to like really, you know, be a good, a good leader, like lead by example, but also, you know, be more verbal as well. So that's kind of been my... Um, kind of transition and kind of how my mindset has changed since I've been here. I can't imagine you ever being a quiet guy. I just feel like that doesn't fit you. But, you know, I guess you don't want to be labeled as the weird transfer. Exactly. Um, coach Otter, I'd like you to speak a little bit to maybe his program, him as a coach and his character. This is his 20th season at Hillsdale. Um, obviously very experienced in coaching as alma mater. Uh, what's it like playing under him? Well, it's great playing under Coach Otter. Um, in terms of the transition, me going back to that last question, uh, my freshman year, I was terrified of Coach Otter. <laughs> and I'm still a little bit afraid of him, but definitely gotten you know more comfortable with him. But um, you know, in terms of speaking to his character, he's a coach who who really you know doesn't just talk the talk, but he walks the walk, which I feel like is kind of rare for a college coach. I mean, especially during the recruiting process, coaches will say you know a lot of like good things to get athletes to go to their school. 
And so, you know, when coach brings in his, his recruits and, you know, tells them about the culture here, the tradition um, of good character, you know, you don't know if it's, if it's legit or not. And then, you know, being on this team and kind of seeing, you know, how he conducts himself and the expectations he has for us, it's clear that, you know, his number one objective is to make us into better men. Um, and so I just, you know, I think he's a great role model for us and I've loved playing football for him. And yeah, by the way, I couldn't couldn't agree more. Really, really a special place and a special fa- family here. I think that's the best word to describe it. As your, you know, it, obviously we're just started the season, so we still have a lot of football left to play. But there is now the light at the end of the tunnel. You at some point you hear you're not going to play football anymore. Um, it's tough to think about for sure, but uh, <laughs> you know we got to get to the it has to happen for everybody. So now that you're, you know, kind of seeing coming towards the end of your football career. Maybe looking forward, what, what what's maybe a lesson you talked about this culture, this family that we have here? What's something you can take into your life as you become a man, get a job, those type of things? What's something you think you're really going to cherish um, from your time here going forward? Um, I would say definitely just, uh, you know, two things. I would say one, just like whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's, like, you know, practice or, you know, in the weight room. So just kind of like the little things it's just bringing that sense of work ethic uh, there and you knowing that, like, putting in the work and doing the little things that, you know, might not seem imp- in the crucial at the moment, it adds up. Right. Um, and also I would say that, you know, on a day in day out basis, uh, competing, I would say that, you know, every rep in practice, you know, every rep in the weight room, just try to create a sense of competition to really push yourself kind of beyond what you think you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm tr- going to try to take that with me, you know, when I do end up in the real world, I know <laughs> that, that that's coming pretty quick here. So, uh, those are kind of the two main things that I'm kind of going to bring from Hillsdale out there. Of course. Very cool. And then, you know, obviously we're focusing the season still. We're still inside of it. But after after college, you know, what are your plans like? What are you thinking about right now? Where are you? You know, I know you had an internship this summer. Tell us maybe a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So I, I was fortunate enough to secure an internship with a company called Stryker, who um, specializes in medical device sales. Uh, I actually still work for them part time currently. And so kind of my goal is, you know, once football wraps up, once the semester wraps up, uh, to you know, hopefully go kind of going back to that competing aspect, compete for a full time role uh, with them. Very very cool. So maybe one more t- one more thing, back to football. When you a- as a captain, you have a unique leadership role. Guys look up to you. We want to see your leadership. They want to see you be excited. Um, it, obviously, the season has not started the way we wanted to. As a captain, what do you what do, what are your plans on with your fellow? captains what, what are we going to do to try to turn the ship around and go get a win here on Saturday versus Truman well I mean if you're looking at in terms of you know wins and losses yeah we didn't start the way we wanted to you know you never want to start out 0-2 but you know a couple of things that I'm kind of looking at in terms of you know staying positive are the fact that in 2018 uh, when we won conference and made the playoffs we had two regular season losses right. against um, Michigan Tech at Michigan Tech and then against UND and so kind of telling the kids you know like or telling the team like hey, like, this doesn't mean anything, you know? And then also kind of looking at those two games and saying, like, all right, like, yeah, we messed up in some spots, especially down the stretch, but we did some good things. And especially last night, I feel like we proved that we can really play and we can play with really good teams mm-hmm. in high-stress situations. And so I want everyone on the team to kind of, like, look at those positives and being like, all right, we can do this, we can do this well. How do we build on that? So how do we take that to the next level again? And then I think that once we kind of all get on the same page there, we're going to get the ball rolling and we're going to do some really great things. Absolutely. Very, very cool. Talking to Alex Anschutz on Charger Rundown, Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Alex, this is probably my signature question that I ask almost every athlete that comes in here. And I know it's probably going to be popular with the football players. Do you know where I'm going with this? I might keep going. 
I need to know what do you guys say on the field in terms of trash talk? Was you indie trash talking you? Are you a trash talking player <laughs> yourself? Answer those and we'll get into some more. All right. So was you indie trash talking? Um, not as much as some other teams. Um, and then I would say also not as much as other you indie teams in the past. Um, and then in terms of me trash talking, what I've found is that when I trash talk like a player, he'll usually like kind of like burn me the next play. <laughs> and so I like, I kind of like don't want to jinx myself or like don't want to like create that, um, kind of like motivation for them to kind of like go after me. So, um, I don't really trash talk very much. I more talk to the refs and it's really, there's definitely not trash talking to them. It's more like sweet talking them. Oh, that's a hundred percent you. Yeah. You're such a charmer. <laughs> And so, yeah, most of the game that I, like, most of the game for me is spent um, trying to win the refs over and, like, you know, kind of asking them about their day <laughs> and things like that. And I even had a kid last um, spring, like, kind of yell at me for talking to the refs because he said that I was just trying to win them over. And then I was like, well, yeah, like, that's yes. kind of the goal here because we don't, you know, we don't want calls against us. So I, I don't say I trash talk a ton. Um but definitely, definitely try to get win the refs over throughout the game. Do you ever have the same officials and you're like, oh, and they're like, oh, hey, Alex, it's so good to see you again. You're like, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so against Michigan Tech, um, we had a ref crew that we've had a few times. And, you know, going back to how long I've been here, uh, the head official actually came up to me on the walkout and he goes, Alex, you're back. And I said, yeah, I am. He goes, how long have we been doing this now? And I said, five years and he goes well it's good to see you again and so we kind of just talked about um you know kind of my journey through Hillsdale and then also kind of like his journey as a referee and the long walk from the locker room to the field at Michigan Tech and so you know I I feel like you know it didn't really help though I think you know some calls didn't go our way in that game so I need to like kind of work on my game a little bit there <laughs> do you ever like take him out for coffee <laughs> but like in a like undisclosed location yeah. turn off your location on your phone I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it if that's <laughs> if that's gonna help us, you know, get calls like down this, especially you know, in in close games. But uh, I haven't yet. That might be kind of my next strategy. Maybe like you know, hey, meet me at Checker Records. Like coffee's on me. Uh, you know, let's talk about some of those pass interference calls we got on the defensive side and the ones that we didn't get on the offensive side, and uh, let's figure out how to you know fix that for the next game. <laughs> and I guess my last question to you would be: Do you have one instance maybe where you've gotten? burned or some trash talking that is stuck in your head where someone has like chirped you um i mean i've definitely gotten burned um in missed tackles i think that it was actually against und uh i trash talked their like old running back um from back when and then he like broke a tackle on me as if I wasn't even there and I was like all right well that's uh that's pretty much it for that I'm just kidding so then the next year I like like said what up to him and he was you know he was cool about it but um I don't know my, my trash talk was never malicious it was more just like kind of all in fun good nature but you know he was a really good player as well and I was like I don't need to give this guy any more motivation to uh, break my tackles because you know he already did it once so that was pretty much it for me and I take it back. I have one more question. I keep seeing this on Josh Prony's story. Alex, <laughs> model or Division II athlete? Um, well, what we like to say is we are Division II athletes with Division One personalities. Oh, my gosh. Um, but Josh has definitely kind of taken over the uh, kind of the social media role in terms of, like, you know, getting the team out there. Uh, <laughs> he's got a few TikToks rolling around. So if you got some free time, maybe go check them out. Um, they're not going to make us look very smart, 
but um, they are pretty funny. Well, Alex, thank you for coming into the studio tonight. And thank you for listening to Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.